You are no doubt aware of phishing scams, uh, P-H-I-S-H. Uh, someone uh, creates a false identity and tries to basically trick other people and steal from them through deceit. And unfortunately, many Catholic parishes have been targeted by these fakers. So they create a fake email in the name of the pastor, and then they find uh, a volunteer or staff member's email from the website, and they send this message saying, hey, I need your help, can you help me? And it's really, it's especially evil because they are preying upon people's good heart and good intentions in stealing from them. And so the, the typical scam will be something like this. The message will ask for uh, the target to buy a gift card and then send a photo of the gift card with the pin so then they can just use it digitally. So there was a Catholic news agency that decided to engage one of these fakers and so when they, um, they first got it then they, they replied back, I'd be happy to help you father but can you please just call me on my cell phone we can talk further. Well of course they don't want to do that because as soon as you hear their voice you know it's not your pastor. So the, the scammer makes up some excuse why they can't do that. So the Catholic uh, journalist then said, okay, I, I bought the cards now, let me just drop them at the office. And so the uh, scammer has to make up another excuse why that won't work, insisting that the person send an image of the gift cards. And so finally the journalist sent uh, a photo of a piece of paper. It said, Google Play card, Mark 115. And that is our gospel today. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. <laughs> Repent. This is the message of all the prophets throughout the Old Testament and is picked up by John the Baptist. Repent. Turn away from evil and turn back to God. In our first reading, Jonah wanders through the streets of Nineveh. Nineveh was a massive city the capital of the Assyrian Empire. And he is wandering and he's saying, uh, you must repent for God is going to destroy the city in 40 days. Jonah, who's a Jew, actually didn't want the Ninevites to repent because the Assyrians had destroyed Israel. They had brutally destroyed Israel. And they were known for very cruel tortures. But surprising to Jonah uh, is that the Ninevites repented. All of them. They put on sackcloth and ashes and fasted and turned away from their sin. And because of that, God spared them. So Jesus picks up this theme of the prophets, repent. But he adds something very important to it. He tells them that it's a time of fulfillment and to believe in the good news, the gospel, the euangelion, in particular, uh, referred to uh, the good news that the emperor, or the king, would send out throughout his realm announcing some great accomplishment, some great victory. This was the euangelion, the gospel. And when Jesus uses this message, it's very subversive because he's saying it's not the rule of the emperor that's good news, but rather it is the rule of God. So what is the rule of God or the kingdom of God? First, it is Jesus himself, as Pope Benedict wrote, and I'll quote, Through Jesus' presence and action, God has here and now entered actively into history in a wholly new way. 
In Jesus, it is God who draws near to us. In Jesus, God is now the one who acts and who rules as Lord, rules in a divine way, without worldly power, rules through love that reaches to the end, to the cross, end quote. And so we see as we continue to read the Gospel of Mark that Jesus is overthrowing the power of the enemy through his preaching, through his exorcisms, through his healing of the sick, and ultimately Jesus overthrows the enemy of death by his own death and resurrection. And yet the complete victory of the kingdom of God is not yet accomplished. Which brings us to the second meaning of the kingdom of God, which is the church. The church continues the presence and the work of Jesus across time and through space. How does the church do it? By her scriptures, her sacraments, her service, and her saints. The church is the bride of Christ, and the church is his body. Jesus called those fishermen along the Sea of Galilee to join him in establishing the kingdom of God. And he has called you and me to do the same. And one way of understanding our mission uh, is through, uh, is through uh, there's many ways of expressing it, but many years ago our parish pastoral council formulated a parish motto and mission statement, which I want to share with you as a way for us to understand the mission that Jesus sends us on. So our motto, I should quiz you on this. Our motto is love, pray, serve, proclaim Christ. Okay, let's try that. Repeat after me. Love, pray, serve, proclaim Christ. All right, you will be tested on this later. Okay. So our mission statement elaborates on this motto. But before it does, it describes us as one family in Christ. Jesus is the good shepherd who gathers in those who had been excluded. The prostitute, the tax collector, the handicapped, and the lepers. Jesus unites those who had been divided, Jew and Gentile, slave and free. It is said that blood is thicker than water, but the waters of baptism are thicker than blood, for they unite us as one family in Christ. A mission statement continues. We love God and neighbor. This is the great commandment. God's love created the universe, and God wants us to love him in return and to love one another as he has loved us. The next three parts of the mission statement ex explain how we love God and neighbor. First, we pray in the celebration of the sacraments and receive grace. By praying, we recognize our need for God and we show God that we love him. The sacraments are special ways of praying and these were instituted by Christ. In the sacraments, we worship God and in doing so, we become what we worship, for we receive divine life. At Our Lady of Mount Carmel, we take great care to celebrate the sacraments well, with reverence, beauty, and joy. Next, we serve sacrificially with our time, talent, and treasure. 
Service marks the life of a Christian because it marked the life of Christ. Jesus said, I have not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. All that we have is a gift from God, and we should use it to further the kingdom. The first disciples abandoned their fishing business to follow Jesus. And while most Christians are not called to leave secular work, he asks every one of us to be generous in service, to give until it hurts. Our parish provides many opportunities for you to discern how you can best give of your time, talent, and treasure. And a few months ago, we added Lori Dusa to our team as the uh, coordinator of parishioner engagement to help you to do that. The fourth dimension of our mission is to proclaim the good news of salvation. Jesus calls us first to come to him and to be formed by him and then to go out and bring others to him, to be transformed, to experience the transforming power of the kingdom of God. Our new discipleship center gives us a functional and beautiful space to be formed in the kingdom way of life, to be true disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Once formed, we need to be brave and loving to share the good news with others. So many people now are lonely, are afraid, and are lost. Offer them your friendship, and more importantly, offer them the friendship of Jesus. Despite the sins and failings of many members of the church, Christ is present here and he is saving people from sin and darkness. And he wants to save more, but he needs your help. He calls you to be a fisher of men. Invite them to come to Mass, or to come to our monthly encounter, or to just come and sit quietly with you here in the church and pray in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. Our mission statement concludes by acknowledging the power of the Holy Spirit and the help of the Blessed Virgin Mama Mary, in our journey to heaven. Right? That's the ultimate goal. Right? Now, I think that word journey, I like it. It's a nice word. It conveys a lot. It's a good image of life. But I also think it's a bit of an understatement. Rather, following Jesus is more than a journey. It's an adventure. Imagine that you're this fisherman, day in, day out, you know, living, living life, ordinary life, and here the Messiah comes to you and says, leave this life, now follow me on an adventure. That's exactly what they did. A journey can be safe and predictable. An adventure has some danger, some risk. It's never predictable. This is what Jesus invites us to. So, love, pray, serve, proclaim Christ and you will find yourself in the greatest adventure ever.